My friends, do you, do you smell this? Do you smell this? This is the sweet musk of freedom. This is the day that Elon Musk purchased Twitter. The Twitter board voted unanimously to allow Elon Musk to proceed with his hostile takeover. He's taking the company private. I, to be honest with you, never thought that this day would come. When Elon Musk announced that he was making a bid for Twitter, I thought, yeah, that's all good and well. That would be awesome. Um, I let myself daydream about it a little bit, but I didn't think it would actually happen. So when Twitter pulled the poison pill, when they said, no, we're going we're gonna to prevent Elon from you know, doing this hostile, hostile takeover, I thought, yeah, that's about what I thought would happen. I did not think that this was going to happen. And if you think about it, it's actually the craziest thing in the world because if it weren't for the Babylon Bee, this would never have happened. If the Babylon Bee had not sent out a tweet, a headline, mocking USA Today, because remember, USA Today did their Women of the Year, um, their Women of the Year article, and they included in that article Rachel Levine, who is the transgender individual who lived for 50 years as the male he was born, um, before transitioning and I quote unquote identifying as woman called Rachel Levine. USA Today honored Rachel Levine as a woman, which is disgusting and insulting to women. Um, then the Babylon Bee did a headline about Rachel Levine saying that Rachel Levine has been awarded the Babylon Bee's Man of the Year Award. And for that, their Twitter account was locked. They were su- they are suspended um, still because they refused to cave to Twitter. They refused to acknowledge that what they said was hate speech and discriminatory. Elon Musk, according to Seth Dillon, the CEO of the Babylon Bee, Elon Musk called Seth and said, hey, is this true? Are you really suspended from your uh, from Twitter based on this tweet about Rachel Levine? Seth said, yeah, we are. And on that phone call, Elon said, well, maybe I should buy Twitter. And um, so fast forward like three, four weeks. This is all in the space of a month. Here we are. And the Twitter board has actually accepted Elon's offer. Like I said, I can hardly believe this. There is so much to be said about this and some really serious pitfalls that we need to watch out for. So let's talk about it. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. I like Relief Band because it is all natural and you know how I like natural remedies. I'm a very crunchy person, you know this. Did you know that one out of three Americans regularly suffer from nausea? It's super common, whether it's from car sickness or anxiety, migraines, or maybe your medication makes you nauseous. That's why you've got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. Then it blocks the signal that your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. Again, this is why I like Relief Band. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural, long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as you need. Relief Band makes a great gift for any time of year. Right now, they have an exclusive offer just for you. Go to reliefband.com and use my promo code, Liz. You will receive 20% off, plus free shipping, and a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. It's the best offer you'll find for Relief Band anywhere, but you have to use my code. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D dot com, reliefband.com, and use my promo code Liz for 20% off plus free shipping. Okay, so let's start by reading the statements from the Twitter board from Twitter's CEO, or shall I say, outgoing CEO. It gives me such joy to say those words, and from Elon Musk. And I think you will agree that one of these statements is very strange. This is what Brett Taylor, 
the board chair of Twitter's, bo- of Twitter's independent board said, and I quote, the Twitter board conducted a thoughtful and comprehensive process to assess Elon's proposal with a deliberate focus on value, certainty, and financing. The proposed transaction will deliver a substantial cash premium, and we believe it is the best path forward for Twitter stockholders. Okay, that's perfectly rational, perfectly sensible. That's what they should have said at the beginning, and I'm glad it only took them, you know, less than a month to get to <laughs> to get to the conclusion that we all drew the day Elon made his offer, that this is an enormous boon for Twitter stockholders, and therefore it would be it would be negligence. It would be it would be negligence of their fiduciary duty for Twitter board to reject this. Then we have Parag Egerwal, who is Twitter's outgoing CEO, who said, and I quote, Twitter has a purpose and a relevance that impacts the entire world, deeply proud of our teams and inspired by the work that has never been more important, end quote. If this is not the strangest statement for the CEO of Twitter to release on such a day, then I don't know what is. First of all, he says nothing. What, what, is the, what does this mean? Twitter has a purpose and a relevance that impacts our entire world. Well, what? What is the purpose and the relevance? I mean, this sounds like something that Dwight Schrute says. It sounds like something from The Office. What is your purpose and your relevance? Is it free speech? Is it a marketplace of ideas? Is it an arm of the Democratic Party? What exactly is it? Is it to connect people? Is it to stifle conservatives? Define what your purpose is, sir. It's so strange that the CEO of a company doesn't actually state the mission of the company in his, in his um, comments after, this, after it's been taken over. What's also odd, in my opinion, is he doesn't, he, I mean, this reads like a text message that he just whipped out to a friend, deeply proud of our teams and inspired by the work that has never been more important. Like now is not the time to skip words. I am, as your CEO or leading this company, I am deeply proud of our teams, but just deeply proud of our teams. This, this is so strange to me. You can tell that he is beyond disgruntled. You can tell that he's beside himself that this has happened. I mean, he just took over for Jack Dorsey not that long ago. I, I just think that this is so, so bananas that he would respond like this. Then we have Elon Musk, who said, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. And Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with a few new features or with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. That statement right there makes me really excited because Elon Musk is no conservative. I know that we conservatives have embraced him as our freedom fighter because he's taking on big tech. He's taking on those who would want to silence us, but he's not a conservative. He's not a Republican. He's actually pretty, pretty leftist, pretty liberal, except on, except on free speech. And so hearing him articulate that he believes free speech is the bedrock to democracy and that pe- that demonstrating what he means when he says the word transparency instead of just using it like a buzzword like every politician does when they don't mean it sincerely um, is very encouraging to me because like I said, I know Elon is a little bit too cozy to say the least with the Chinese Communist Party. I know that he has been a democratic donor to very high profile democratic politicians in the past, but uh, his statement gives me hope that he actually is committed to free speech. Here's what I'm most concerned about, honestly. I'm most concerned with how Elon, and I, I hope he's planned for this contingency. I pray that he's planned for this contingency, but how is he going to prevent what happened to Parler 
happening to him. And when I say what happened to Parler, I obviously don't mean it didn't just happen arbitrarily. This was done to Parler by a coalition of the radical left who controls big tech. So obviously what happened to Parler is they were hosted by Amazon Web Services. Amazon Web Hosting Services told them that they could no longer use the Amazon servers. They had to migrate away with just a short number of hours they were given to do this. So they lost their web hosting platform. And then Apple and Google both said, we're not going to allow you your app in our store, in the Apple store, the Google Play store, unless or until you adhere to our woke hate speech um, standards. And so obviously Parler was hamstrung. They, I mean, everyone knows the Parler case study. They, they died a terrible death because, because of this, this, this colluding between Amazon, Apple, and Google. And so my question is, how is Elon going to avoid this? Because um, Twitter, rumor has it, is hosted by Amazon Web Services. So how are we going to get around that? Um, and then obviously, Elon needs access to the Google Play Store and the Apple Store in order for all of us who, if you're anything like me, you use Twitter 99.99% of the time on your mobile device. He needs access to these stores to get on um, our phone operating system. How is he going to avoid this collusion between big tech that would otherwise force him to adhere? Even, even, if, even if Elon, by the way, abolishes all, all woke standards at Twitter, all woke speech or censorship standards on that platform, how will he avoid being forced to comply with Google or Apple or Amazon's woke speech standards. I hope he has an answer for this because this is one of my biggest, this is one of my biggest concerns and something that I think he's going to face sooner rather than later. Um, if he hasn't already, I highly encourage Elon Musk to talk to Rumble. Rumble has servers that are uncancelable. Rumble obviously acquired locals where the Liz Wheeler Show community is. So the Liz Wheeler Show community is housed on Rumble services through locals, which means we are uncancelable. Um, the left cannot say, we don't like what you're saying. We don't like what you're saying about elections or about COVID or about transgender. Therefore, we're not going to allow you to have these conversations. No, you and I are safe on the Liz Wheeler Show community on locals because it's hosted on Rumble servers. So I encourage Elon Musk, if you haven't already, talk to Rumble about their uncancelable servers so that you don't have to deal with, um, with Amazon. The other thing I think Elon Musk is going to face is the government. The government is, well, it's already coming after him. They're subjecting Tesla to investigations. Um, and I don't think that that's going to end. We know that the federal government, when it's run by the left or deep staters, even during a right-wing administration, that the left uses the power of government to come after those whose politics they don't like. And so, I mean, think about think about even even in not even the governmental standpoint. Think of cancel culture in general. This 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 is a crossover between what I would call the the public sphere and the private sphere, right? And in Joe Rogan is the perfect case study here, where um, this this cohort of people in the public sphere, but also private businesses, everyone wanted to cancel Joe Rogan for having. Dr. Robert Malone on his show for having Dr. Peter McCullough on his show, who were questioning the Fauci narrative on, on COVID. They actually tried to cancel Joe Rogan. So Elon Musk, they are going to come after him. They are going to try to cancel him. They are going to try to take him out, whether it's with government investigations into his finances, into his businesses, whether it's cancel culture, something to try to personally take him down, whatever it is, um, it's not a done deal. The Twitter board accepted his offer, but there's still regulatory hoops that have to be jumped through. There are still approvals that have to be gained. Um, and then, of course, there's also the fact that Jen Psaki announced almost immediately 
after Elon, after the Twitter board accept Elon's, accepted Elon's offer, she announced that Joe Biden wants Congress to regulate big tech. The Surgeon General has said that misinformation about COVID amounts to a public health crisis. Yeah. I'm wondering, regardless of ownership, would the White House be interested in working with Twitter like it has in the past to continue to combat this kind of misinformation? Um, or are we in a different part of the pandemic where that kind of partnership is no longer necessary? Well, I think we engage regularly with all social media platforms about steps that can be taken. That has continued, and I'm sure it will continue. Uh, but there are also reforms that we think Congress could take, um, and we would support taking, uh, including reforming Section 230, enacting antitrust reforms, requiring more transparency, and the president is encouraged by the bipartisan uh, support for or engagement in, in those efforts. It's not even a done deal, Jen. And already she wants Congress to, well, they can't do what she wants them to do because what she wants them to do is regulate free speech, censor free speech. They can't do that because they are not allowed. The Constitution specifically protects our right to free speech. So they cannot ban certain types of speech, even if they call it hate speech or misinformation or disinformation, which are all euphemisms for any speech they don't like that hurts their political agenda that's spoken by us conservatives. They don't have a right to do that. They don't have a right to do that. But the fact that Jen Psaki, on behalf of the Biden administration, wants this to happen is terrifying. It's truly terrifying. She wants government to take over big tech. Um, it's, it's, it's truly striking. It's truly striking. So the, these are just some, some of the things that Elon Musk is going to face. Basically, this fight is not over because the Twitter board has accepted Elon's offer. The fight is just beginning. So buckle up. We will be here. Um, we will be here for the whole for the whole fight, the whole battle, the whole war here. There's also there was an announcement from Bloomberg um, directly after the Twitter board announced that they had accepted Elon's offer. And this is what Bloomberg reports. Twitter's source code is locked down to make it harder for employees to make unauthorized changes to the platform. And when I read this, I thought to myself, well, how easy was it before for Twitter employees to make unauthorized changes to the platform? What exactly are we going to find when Elon makes this code open source? I, I for one, am... Um, both scared, but also excited. Not, not, not scared in a fearful way, but just I expect to be shocked because I think when this, when this code, when these algorithms become open source, we are actually going to be, like our jaws are going to drop at how much censorship is inherent, how much specific targeted censorship of individual conservatives, conservative topics, the artificial promotion of leftist topics and leftist individuals, I think we're going to be just floored at how unfair, deliberately unfair this algorithm is. And so I don't know actually if Twitter's locking down their code because they fear sabotage or because they fear that, because they fear that, um, or because Elon Musk fears that Twitter employees are gonna try to cover their tracks. Maybe there's like massive, I get this picture in my mind of just like, massive, and I know it's online, so as I said, this is a picture in my mind of just like all these Twitter employees just lighting on fire, stacks and stacks of documents covering their trail because it's all there in the algorithm. It's all there in the code, all of the shadow bans and ghost bans and deprioritizing and lack of reach and suspensions and red flags and warnings and all the ways that they smack conservatives for being conservative is going to be in this code. So 
I think it's interesting that they, that I, I don't know if it was Twitter CEO or if it was Elon Musk or the board, whoever made Twitter lock down their code so that they couldn't make unauthorized changes um, is a good thing because if I were Elon, I would fear employee sabotage. I mean, I think there are going to be uh, Twitter employees who walk out when Elon Musk takes over. I think there will be some radical leftists who took part in the censorship of conservatives intentionally who will not want to work at a platform that embraces free speech. And if that's the case, I'm sorry, but good riddance. I don't want someone to be working on a platform that embraces free speech who is the antithesis of free speech. I think there will also be some liberal employees who will stay because they think that they will be able to prevent free speech. They think their individual contributions or their individual workload, that they'll be able to circumvent Elon Musk's mandate for free speech. So I hope Elon will have his eye out um, out for that. I don't think, though, that all the liberals on Twitter, all the blue check marks that are saying, well, if Elon Musk owns this platform, then I bye-bye Twitter. I actually don't think that there's going to be a mass exodus. I The liberals said the same thing when Trump became president. We're going to move to Canada, they told us. We're heading to Australia, they said. And it did not happen. They obviously didn't leave the United States. Likewise, Twitter is the most important political speech platform in our country. There's no way liberals are going to leave this permanently. There are a few of them might leave in a huff, pouting, angry over the next day or two or three, but then they're going to get curious. They're going to get FOMO, fear of missing out, and they're going to come back. Um, so I don't think this is going to be a significant and a significant exodus of liberals from the platform. And I, and I hope they don't, actually. That's one of the things that sets Twitter apart is it, it's not an echo chamber. It, 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 well, I know. It's an echo chamber in the sense that it's majority leftists, but there are both people on the right and people on the left, very popular people on the right, very popular people on the left. And um, I like that. It, it, it's a good thing. It's what it should be as long as the conversation and the discussion and the debate and the amplification, and the algorithm and all of that are fair and don't favor or punish certain people based on certain political beliefs. Here's who I want Elon Musk to reinstate. These are some of the conservatives and Republicans or right-wingers, whatever you want to call them, who have been unfairly banned from Twitter. And this is not this is not an exhaustive list. So if I've missed anyone really important, then just jump on over to locals um, and tell me who you think should be reinstated, starting with the Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee, as I said, is the reason that this is all happening. The Babylon Bee is, if they hadn't made fun of Rachel Levine, then I don't know, I don't know where we would be. I don't know if Elon Musk would have actually made a bid for Twitter had the Babylon Bee not been suspended because the Babylon Bee, Elon Musk has basically said, is one of his favorite Twitter accounts. Um, that's number one. Number two, I like Genucel because it works. It works for men and for women. Gentlemen, you know your wives use your razor when you are not looking. Likewise, we ladies know that our husbands use our skincare products when we are not looking. So let me introduce you to Genucel so you don't have to hide anymore. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women until now. Introducing the new Genucel serum with plant stem cell technology for under eye bags and puffiness. Let me show you my two favorite Genucel products. Here we go. Just happened to have them sitting next to me on my desk at work. What do you know about that? What a coincidence. Here we have the plant stem cell therapy anti-wrinkle treatment. This stuff is great. And here we have, oh, I had it upside down. The new and improved immediate effects too. The immediate effects too, let me tell you, you will see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. I guarantee it. If you order now, you can save big on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Just go to genucel.com slash Liz. It's spelled G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Liz. 
If you order now and use my promo code, Liz, obviously my name, you can save an extra 10% off your order. Go to genucel.com slash Liz and use promo code Liz to save an extra 10% off your order. genucel.com slash Liz. Okay, so the second obvious person who should be reinstated to Twitter is Donald Trump. Of course he should be. I know, by the way, that Donald Trump says he is not going to um, come back to Twitter even if he's reinstated. He, he released that statement today when he was asked. He said, even if Elon Musk allows me to come back, I'm not going to come back to Twitter. I'm going to um, launch myself on his own social network, on Truth Social. And I have a couple of things to say. First of all, I don't believe ya. I don't believe you. I think Donald Trump will be so tempted to come back to Twitter that if Elon Musk reinstates his account, he will come back. I don't think he'll be able to help himself. I hope he comes back to Twitter. I think that would be a good thing. I think that would be an entertaining, a hilarious thing. Oh my goodness, the liberals are going, their heads are going to explode if Trump comes back to Twitter. Um, so I don't believe that he will be able to help himself coming back, coming back to Twitter. Um, I also, I don't know about Truth Social. He launched two months ago. By the way, I, I signed up for Truth Social and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell the Truth Social team. I didn't tell the Trump people just to see how, because I wanted to, I wanted to see what the, what the experience was because I heard about all these wait lists. I signed up and just this week, two months later, um, my account was, my account was approved. So Trump hasn't even, hasn't even tweeted or whatever it's called, truthed from Truth Social. So I think he'll be back on Twitter and I think that he should come back. I think he should. Um, and by the way, the reason, remember the reason that he was, the reason that he was banned is because Twitter said that he incited an insurrection on January 6th, because even though he posted to stop being violent and to go home and that he didn't endorse any of the violence that was happening, that wasn't good enough for Twitter. They were just looking for a reason to kick him off. The third person is Alex Berenson. Alex Berenson, nobody spent more time delving into more studies and more research and more data against the grain than Alex Berenson did during the first year and a half of COVID. Um, he did an incredible job about social distancing, masks, lockdowns, vaccines. He did, he, did, he did the research that the mainstream media and journalists across the country were unwilling to do. They parroted Fauci. He did the research and the reporting. And he was banned. He was banned for saying that the COVID-19 vaccine changes your, the mRNA vaccine changes your DNA. And just a matter of months after he said that and he was banned for COVID misinformation, well, even the... Even the Fauci COVID folks admitted that what he said was true. Yet it was too, too little too late for Alex Berenson. He should be reinstated, of course, as should Dr. Robert Malone, who was, I mean, imagine the audacity of kicking the guy off who invented the mRNA vaccine technology. Like how beyond, I don't even know the right word here. Well, the word I'm thinking of is ballsy, but... <laughs> I, the hubris to kick off Dr. Robert or to kick off Dr. Robert Malone when he was talking about the vaccine technology that he invented. Yeah, because Parag Agarwal and his band of woke woke coders at Twitter know better than Dr. Robert Malone. Unreal. Megan Murphy, she's a feminist, a far leftist. I disagree with her on probably every single thing on earth except for the fact that she says that transgenderism hurts women. It makes biological women obsolete. And she said men can't be women. And she was banned from Twitter for that. She sued Twitter and she lost. Um, she should be reinstated. So should James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. My goodness. If there's any reporter who even rivals Alex Berenson for exposing corruption 
It is James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. They should be immediately reinstated and given their blue check marks back. Because that, if you remember, was the first tweak. That was the way that Twitter tweaked James O'Keefe before they actually kicked him off, is they took away his blue check mark just to give him a slap on the wrist. It was so petty. It was so teenage of them to do it. Um, but he should be reinstated. And so should Alex Jones. Yes. Even Alex Jones, don't think of this as any kind of endorsement of what he says. He's a total conspiracy theory nut, but I am all about free speech. And Alex Jones was the test balloon for the left. They kicked him off as one of the first conservatives that they actually banned because they know he's a difficult person to defend, even for conservatives, right? He's a very difficult person to defend. So they used him. They used Alex Jones to move the Overton window of what they would tolerate on big tech. And they, they, they always picked these sort of fringe individuals that no one really wants to stand up for because they're nut jobs. And they chose Alex, Alex Jones first. And it, it was successful in moving that Overton window closer and closer and closer to you and to me. So they should reinstate that guy as nutty and sometimes horrible as he is. They should also reinstate Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn Remember, this guy has been demonized and targeted by the deep state in a way that I pray to God most of us never experience. He was, I mean, he was the crux of the targeting of the Department of Justice and the FBI under Obama at the behest of Hillary with this whole Russia collusion thing. Michael Flynn was the one, the, the weak link, if you will, in the chain that they tried, that they tried to make this, this collusion happen. They accused him of colluding with the Russian ambassador when he shouldn't have. And this this was the the tipping point that threw that threw this whole this this whole coup attempt into action. Michael Flynn should be reinstated on Twitter. So should Mike Lindell and Juanita Broderick. Mike Lindell talks about election integrity and I don't agree with everything that he says about election integrity. I think there were problems in the 2020 election, but every single accusation or allegation that Mike Lindell makes, I don't think is I don't think is we're not in line 100%, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. He has a right to say it. He has a right to make his opinion known and to talk about it. Um, Juanita Broderick, the same thing. I mean, with COVID, with elections, my goodness, if this woman doesn't have a right to make her voice heard in this country, but she was recently kicked off. So was the journalist who interviewed NCAA swimmers um, at the NCAA championships about whether they thought it was fair for Leah Thomas, the a uh, swimmer born male who is competing in the women's competition, whether that was fair or not. This journalist was kicked off of Twitter. These are just a tiny fraction of the folks who should be reinstated on Twitter. They absolutely should be reinstated. I'm a pretty crunchy person in my personal life, as you know, which is why I like Beam Dream. Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and lower productivity? If you sleep less than six to seven hours per night, it's linked to reduced white blood cell count. And not many people realize this, but having a consistent nighttime routine is so important to your body's health. A better tomorrow starts tonight. Introducing Beam Dream. Beam is the world's most innovative functional wellness brand with unique products for everything from sleep to recovery. And today you get a special discount available for Beam's sleep product, Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa. It contains natural sleep-promoting premium ingredients, triple lab tested, no THC, and you wake up refreshed. 98% of people surveyed fall asleep faster when taking Beam Dream, and 99% of people experience better sleep quality. You just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, you stir it, and enjoy it 30 minutes before bedtime. Don't love it? 
Get your money back, guaranteed. For a limited time, get 20% or $20 off when you go to beamorganics.com slash Liz. If you use my URL and my promo code Liz at checkout, that's B-E-A-M organics.com slash Liz. Beamorganics.com slash Liz and use promo code Liz for $20 off. And some of the rules that were used, were weaponized against these people are shadow bans and ghost bans. I actually ran an, an analysis. There's an app that'll identify your account if you're the subject of any of these bans. I ran an, an analysis of my account and my account is ghost banned, which means that my it basically just stifles your reach, your impressions. And this is, this is not exclusive to me. A lot of conservative accounts also are subject to these, these ghost bans or these shadow bans where they just hide your tweets from your followers. You spend, you know, I've spent, 10 years building up, um, you know, three quarters of a million followers on Twitter and I tweet something and, and Twitter stifles it and doesn't let the people who have chosen voluntarily to follow what I say, see what I say. This is, this. I mean, it's a stupid rule, right? It's, 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 it defeats the purpose of Twitter. So Elon Musk should do away with shadow bans and ghost bans. He should do away with hate speech regulations. I have no problem with, with prohibiting any speech that violates an existing U.S. law, meaning if you threaten to harm someone, if you threaten to kill someone, if you threaten to rape someone, anything that's against, if you're plotting a crime and it counts as a conspiracy, if, if, if you're doing something that is against a, a, an existing U.S. law, that's fine. We don't have to let that on the platform. There are, there are extreme there are extreme examples that I'm totally fine with. I don't want there to, I don't want hardcore pornography to be on there. I don't, I don't have a problem with reasonable restrictions that are apolitical in nature. But the hate speech rules that Twitter has enacted now are the ones that say, oh, if you say that men can't be women, then you're being transphobic. That's your words are literal violence. You are causing the deaths of transgender individuals. That kind of nonsense, you know, if you question the integrity of the 2020 election, you are inciting an insurrection, your words are violence. If you say that you're not, ha you're not taking the COVID-19 vaccine and you detail why that you're spreading health, health disinformation and misinformation, which is basically like homicide, like these are nutso, nutso banana republic rules. And they're so vague too. They're so vague that Twitter can use them against you arbitrarily because they don't write out exactly what you're not allowed to say. They just write it in vague terms so that they can apply it whenever they want, whenever it suits um, their agenda. These are rule changes that Elon Musk should make immediately. And I don't care about the edit button or any of these minute um, platform-related tweaks, that kind of stuff. I actually am not in favor of an edit button. I think that an edit button would cause, if a tweet goes viral, and it's a tweet about, I don't know, flowers or something. It goes viral. It's got 100,000 likes and retweets on it. Then the author of that tweet could easily change it to something political or the opposite of what they said before or a shameless self-promotion advertisement. And all the people who retweeted it and liked it wouldn't necessarily know that it had been edited. So they would then be amplifying something that they hadn't originally chosen to amplify. So I actually don't think an edit button is worth it unless it's an edit button like, within the first minute of the of the tweet where, oh, you see a typo, you accidentally, you know, did made a plural where you didn't mean to make a plural or your finger hit a button that you didn't mean to, fine, within 10 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, um, but not not after that, or we're gonna have major problems with, with viral tweets being edited. So anyway, I, I don't care about any of these platform, these tiny, minute platform user experience type of edits. I just care about the ideological censorship that um, we face. I want to be able to talk about election integrity. I want to be able to talk about that on Twitter. I want to be able to talk about the transgender ideology that's so pervasive in our schools. I want to be able to talk about 
COVID-19, whether it's masks or distancing or lockdowns or vaccines or Fauci or the World Health Organization or Wuhan. I want to be able to talk about all of that. Um, And this is the thing. This is what's actually really crazy is the left just wants to stop us from saying things that are inconvenient to them. There was a leftist who tweeted, let me open this tweet because I want to read this word for word. There was a leftist who, it's a blue checkmark leftist. Um, He's actually the Manhattan Borough president. His name is Mark D. Levine, not to be confused with Mark Levin, of course, who says, get ready for an unprecedented flood of anti-vax content on this platform. Um, And I thought to myself, that's so funny because the left claims that this is going to be so awful with Elon Musk taking over that it's the end of the world. And really all they want is they don't want you to criticize <laughs> their COVID-19 vaccine, which even the CDC says doesn't prevent transmission of COVID-19. It doesn't prevent you from contracting it. and doesn't prevent you from transmitting it. But that's actually all they want. All of this, all of this hullabaloo, all of this freak out, all of this, these headlines and this, this, um, this, this chicken little sky is falling is actually not, not related to one topic. They actually just don't want you and I to have a right to say what we want to say. They actually just want to be in control over what comes out of our mouths. They actually don't want us to be able to contradict them or question them or debate them or discuss topics that are important to us. They want to force us to tow the line of radical leftist ideology or else be thrown from town, be socially ostracized, be banned from Twitter. And this to me is just the most mind-blowing thing. It's actually a sad commentary on our country that we are relying on a kind of eccentric billionaire like Elon Musk to save us from the clutches of big tech. We shouldn't have to wait for a freedom fighter billionaire to come and save us. We should not be in this situation at all. Or if we find ourselves in this situation, our Congress should have taken care of it already. And the squishes, the Republican squishes in Congress are a topic for another day. But it's a sort of a sad commentary in our country that we have to rely on this eccentric billionaire to save us. But it, I mean, if he's gonna, if he's gonna save us in the name of free speech, I'm not, I'm not rejecting it. (laughs) I'm happy to accept this. I'm just saying it's not a situation we should have to rely on, um, I don't know, an altruistic billionaire to use a humongous chunk of his fortune to try to promote free speech for the sake of our functioning constitutional republic. But that's the thing, right? This this should put to bed a leftist narrative about billionaires once and for all. Because what does the left tell us? They say, oh, billionaires are so awful. They make their money screwing people. They're just Scrooge McDuck. This is so awful. Gross billionaires. Tax them. Abolish them. And yet, Who's doing the best things for America, maybe even in the last five years? Billionaires. First, it was Trump, a billionaire who sacrificed a good portion of his fortune to serve the country. And now it's Elon Musk, who is actually putting his money where his mouth is. He's actually pledging a significant amount of his enormous fortune for the sake of our free speech on big tech. This is incredible. It's it's incredible. Um, And Elizabeth Warren, by the way, is on Twitter last night is on Twitter saying that we need to, we need government to regulate big tech and we need to tax Elon Musk. And I thought to myself, my goodness, this woman, she thinks that Elon Musk has too much money. It's just an arbitrary standard that she thinks he has too much money. Because of that, she thinks she has a right to steal it from him. Politicians like that need less power, not more.
We do not need to give the government and politicians like Elizabeth Warren more power over our free speech. But it is funny because the left tells us billionaires are awful. And yet these, these two billionaires specifically, but you know, this week, Elon Musk is actually standing up for a fundamental bedrock um, principle of democracy. But it, it all comes back to this evil trifecta, right? This is an existential threat to the radical leftist agenda. They have this situation, this apparatus built right now. I call it the evil trifecta because it's big tech, big media, and big government. You have big government, these politicians who are acting corruptly. They want power. They want money. They want to impose Marxism on our country. They are acting dishonestly, sometimes illegally, in order to beget their political goals. They use big tech to censor information so that you and I either can't discuss it or can't hear it. If we don't know what they're doing, then we can't hold them accountable at the ballot box. So big tech censors us so we don't expose what the politicians are doing. And then in the information vacuum created by the censorship from big tech, big media comes in and perpetuates lies that um, are usually are usually um, a mirror, right? They usually accuse the right of doing what the left is doing. So this trifecta, this big tech, big media, big government trifecta, Two of them don't work the same without the third. Any, 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 any permutation of these, of these, these big three, um, it just doesn't work quite the same one without the other. And so, of course, the left is just terrified at the idea of Elon Musk perhaps breaking up this monopoly that big tech has over free speech, this monopoly they have over our conversations and restoring speech in our country to what it was intended to be, that it doesn't matter if we agree with what you say, we will defend to the death your right to say it. Thank you, Elon Musk. I am, um, what a great day to be an American. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figueroa. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of Marketing, Emily Washler. Production and Talent Coordinator, Matt Toffler. And Senior Publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.